Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. series house of worship and today I want to carry on this message and I want to share something every morning almost when my daughter Nala who is four years old she wears these beautiful dresses she comes to me and she twirls and she's so proud of herself and she says dada did you see me twirl And I say, yes, honey, I did. And it's beautiful. It's just this exchange of action. And then my son, he's seven years old. He's nonverbal for the most part. And very often he gets on the kitchen counter, stretches his hands towards me, and then he just jumps in faith. And very often I catch him. And it's just like this exchange of love, whether it's twirling or it's expressing, I trust that you're going to catch me. There's sometimes where the actions of my kids move my heart without even saying a word. Have you ever noticed that sometimes actions speak louder than words? I believe the same thing can happen in our love language towards God. Yes, we can worship the Lord with great theology and great songs and words of adoration, but sometimes our body language communicates something beautiful and important about who God is. And so today I want to talk about our postures of worshiping physically and what our body language communicates to God. If we can communicate to God with our body language, we have to ask ourselves this question. What does my body language express to God in my worship? Because the fact is God is paying attention to how we worship. In this series, we've been talking about how Jesus says, our heavenly Father is seeking true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. God seeks acceptable worship and he has standards and ideals for how we worship him. You know, Jesus says in Matthew 11, to what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, we played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say, he's possessed by a demon. The son of man on the other hand feasts and drinks and you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. And so this scripture illustrates the fact that Jesus is paying attention to how we respond to music with our words, with our heart, with our our bodies. The scripture says, it's like this generation hears the wedding music, but they just won't dance. They hear the, the dirge or the funeral music, but they just won't mourn. And then he goes in, he says like, when the religious leaders saw John the Baptist, who Jesus says is the greatest human ever born of a woman, when they saw John the Baptist, they're like, he doesn't eat with us. He doesn't drink with us. He's out in the desert. He's in the wilderness. He's obviously demon-possessed. We don't like what God's doing there. But then Jesus comes in a totally different way. The Son of Man, the scripture we just read says, Jesus came eating, 
and drinking and feasting and partying. And he wasn't in the desert. He was hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. And the religious leader said, no, oh, he eats with sinners. Oh, how dare he do that? He's a drunkard. He's a glutton. And Jesus is saying, why won't you enter into what God is doing on the earth? It's like some of us carry this religious spirit that no matter what God is doing, whether it's in the desert or in the party, we just won't enter in. And we'll just sit back with crossed arms and say, that's bad, that's bad. We need to do something better. And I, I feel like when it comes to worship music, God wants us to respond with our spirit, our soul, our mind, our strength, our body, and worship him with all that we have to give him. But I feel sometimes in the church, we feel a resistance to people entering in to the kind of worship God has for us, especially when it comes to kneeling or dancing or lifting our hands. We're a little resistant at times. I know what this is like. My family is a family of dancers. My mom was a Bhadranatyam dance teacher, and my sister was a Bhadranatyam dancer. Anybody know Bhadranatyam here? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, brown people. <laughs> Classical Indian art style with dance. And so I grew up in this environment. In fact, my few first musical instrument was playing tabla while my mom and my sister would dance Brother Anatyam. And my, my whole family in family gatherings or festivals or cultural events, they would always try to force me to dance. But I was a little more reserved and shy and introverted when I was a kid. And every time they pressured me to dance, I resisted. And the harder they fought, the harder I resisted. Anybody like me? It's like, I just, I don't want to dance. The song says you can dance if you want to, and I don't want to dance. And so I, I, I wouldn't, but I had to learn because of all the peer pressure of my family and my culture, I had to come up with some dance moves just to get them off of my back. And so uh, I want to share some moves with you that, that might help you if you're ever in the same situation as me, all right? Do you want to see these? Okay, okay. First one is it's called the finger worm. So people are pretty been, pretty been dance, dance, okay. All right, I got you dance right here. People laugh like you are, and they're like, oh, okay, sweet. He's cool. He's one of us. Well, you can try it. Why don't you just try it? Well done. That's okay. It's a safe place. Awesome. All right, and then, all right, if they still won't get off your back, you got to do another animal. The worm's not big enough. You need to upgrade to the turtle which is like a breakdancing move. So you go in the middle of the dance floor, you get like a piece of cardboard and or a shirt, and you balance your whole body on your elbows, and then you spin around. I won't be able to spin, but I'll, I'll demonstrate part of this. Lord have mercy on my lower back. You guys, I'm just a vessel of the Lord, okay? It's not about me. It's about him. You can do all things through Christ. So anyways, I think I offended some people. All right. <laughs> Bye. Uh, anyways, so I, I do these dance moves because I just, I didn't want the pressure, and I, I'd get them off my back that way. And I feel like some of us, when we come to church services, we see people really getting into worship, lifting their hands, clapping, dancing, kneeling before the Lord, singing loud, and we kind of feel this expectation to, to enter in. 
And maybe you're like me when my family pressured me. It's like your guard goes up and you're a little bit more resistant. And uh, I want to share this morning that physical worship is something that is biblical. I believe it's something that is helpful to our faith journey. And it's something that's beautiful. And I, I know many of us enter into these spaces, whether we grew up in church or didn't grow up in church or we're on a journey of faith and we're like, what's happening in this Sunday morning experience? I mean, some of us didn't grow up hearing a round of applause in a church or clapping. I mean, by round of applause, who didn't grow up applauding in church? That makes sense. All right. <laughs> I heard some silent applauses. All right. Who, who uh, by raising your hand, who here didn't grow up raising your hands in church? Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I can feel the hesitation. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So to just kind of bring us up to speed so that we're sharing the same vocab and the language as we talk about this scriptural subject, I want, I want to share a video that's going to help us speak the same words when it comes to these expressions of physical postures of worship. Let's play this video. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, to, I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of light. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. You're set. All right. So I hope that's helpful. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so some of us grew up with hand raising in church, some of us without. Some of us are used to kneeling and clapping and jumping and dancing. Some of us were not, and that's, that's okay. And so I want to share, first of all, is this biblical? And I, I'm going to argue, yes, it's biblical. And so point number one, I want to share this is worship, according to the Bible, includes physical movement. Corporate worship without action is rarely found in the scriptures. So are we worshiping expressively and physically because it's cultural or we're trying to mimic rock concerts? No, we're doing it because it's biblical. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures. In the scriptures, there isn't just like one word for worship. In fact, it's translated from many Greek and Hebrew words throughout the Bible in different actions. In fact, the most common word we see in the New Testament for the word worship is this Greek word that's pronounced proskunao. Everybody say proskunao. And so proskunao is... 32 times in the New Testament. It's where we see the worship most often, and it literally means to bow down or to like kiss the ring of a king. So you're showing reverence, or let me say this word right. I'm going to make sure I have two R's in there. Or it means to lie prostrate before the Lord. I don't want to mess that up again. <laughs> so that means like laying on your, your, your stomach, you know, and just full submission to the Lord. And so that's what this word implies. So the word worship in the scriptures is just a translation of physical movement. It's not just something that happens in your mind. It's not just something that happens in your heart or your spirit. It's something that involves our entire body. And so let's look at some of the prescriptive and descriptive elements of worship throughout the scriptures. For example, we see bowing and kneeling in Psalm 95. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Standing, Psalm 119, my flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. Dancing, Psalm 149. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. Playing instruments and shouting, Psalm 33. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Clapping, Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all you nations. Everybody, clap your hands. Well done. Shout to God with cries. Not that kind of cry. Cries of joy. Lifting hands, Psalm 63. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. 1 Timothy 2. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And so this is a theme throughout the scriptures. Biblical worship often includes physical worship. And so are we physically lifting up our hands, kneeling, dancing, clapping, because we're trying to be hype or get caught in a wave of emotionalism or try to create mass hysteria? No, we're doing this because the Bible describes and prescribes that we do the same in our house of worship. Can I get a good amen? And so we're trying to follow the Bible because remember, Jesus says our Heavenly Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, and truth is according to God's word. And so that's where we find this. And to be honest, I've felt a lot of judgment from other people in churches where they don't clap. Like your church is just hype. 
you're just loud for the sake of being loud. But the fact is we're doing to the best of our ability. The, the, the heart is to follow these scriptures and apply them into our lives. And to be frank, I don't see very many scriptures, tell me if you found them, where it says in a corporate gathering, all you people worship with your hands in your pockets. I don't see that in the scripture. All you nations, I want you to fold your arms and have a stoic, nay, a poker face. I don't see that in the scriptures. So if you want to talk about biblical worship, you got to use the scriptures. And the scriptures say, shout, kneel, dance, clap, play instruments, get a little bit loud, get a little bit more undignified. So don't judge me for not following the Bible when I want to dance and shout and say, my God is good. Jesus is the King of Kings. I can get even more wild and rowdy because he's worth it. And I want to worship him with all of my strength. Can I get a better amen? I'm just trying to follow the Bible here. Don't judge me. And so this is what we see. And I, I remember when I first became a Christian, just like the pressure of dancing in my family, I didn't really want to raise my hands. I felt like the first time I, I, I put my hands out like this, everybody was looking at me. I was like, oh no, I'm ruining the worship service. Everybody is taking their attention off of the stage. Everybody's ignoring everybody else and they're all just looking at me doing this. Have you ever felt that way? And then you're like, okay, I'm lifting my hands up in worship today. And then you came with someone from your family or a friend and you got in a fight with them or they know how you really act sometimes. And you're like, I'm a hypocrite, but I like this. I'm doing it anyways. Hypocrite worshiping here. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. And I, I remember feeling this way, and I, I just started to worship in my own room. And so I would go into my bedroom, and back in my day, we had these things called CDs, and you'd listen to sound music on them. I don't know if you've ever heard of these things. You put it in a, a CD player, and I, I remember in my room, I would just worship before the Lord. I'd get on my knees, I'd lay down, I would dance, I'd jump, I'd lift up my hands, and I had this resistance to physically worshiping. But in the presence of the Lord, I was like, softened. It's like I felt the presence and the love of God. And I was like, God, I, I don't care who's watching me. I don't care who's looking at me. Lord, I want to lift you up in the way you want me to lift you up. I remember singing these like old albums from like the Passion Better Is One Day album. Throwback. Better is one day in your courts. Who knows what I'm talking about? And then I get, I get like the, the Hillsong United album. I'm like, one way, Jesus. And I'd be dancing. It, it was awesome. And I, I began to enter into these corporate gatherings and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to worship you in spirit with everything. More than school spirit. I want to have spirit for the things of the Lord. And I'm going to worship him in the truth of the scriptures. And I noticed that as I changed my physical posture, not only did my body change, but my heart began to change. And it changed me. And so point number two I want to share about physical worship is this. Worship feelings often follow worship actions. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but sometimes when you don't feel like worshiping, but you let your body take the lead, you end up having your feelings follow your actions. A lot of you look at me and you assume I work out. And thank you for that. That's very kind. I'm flattered. And for the most part, you're right. Like last week I did uh, uh, what I call the executive workout, LA Fitness. And so I haven't been doing this. You know, I used to only do this, but I kind of 
kind of backslid a little bit. And so the executive workout is I just use the hot tub and then I follow it up with the sauna. <laughs> and then we call it a day. Anybody do that? Is it just, it's just me? Do you really? God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And so uh, when I do like a real workout, <laughs> especially in the morning, I wake up and I, I don't want to go. You know that feeling? Like, I just, I don't want to do this. But what happens at the end of the workout? I'm so thankful I worked out. What happens? My feelings were shaped by my actions. And I, I think that this very thing can happen to us in worship. I don't feel like worshiping. Okay, I'm going to let my body take the lead here. And here, here's a truth I want, I want to share on a theological perspective. We are embodied creatures. You know, I, I think especially in the evangelical church, we've been taught that we're just spirits that happen to have bodies and our bodies don't matter. But we are called to worship God with our bodies. Our, our bodies and what we do with our bodies really, really matter. Remember, we celebrated that Jesus, he resurrected from the grave last week and we celebrated that he is risen. He's risen indeed. He overcame death, but I want you to notice Jesus is the first fruits. He's the second Adam for all of humanity. He's paved a way so that we can experience the same. By overcoming death and giving us new life, we can experience the same. And the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. Amen? And notice that when Jesus resurrected, there was no body in the tomb. He didn't abandon his body and become spirit and go to heaven. He took his body with him. His body, in fact, was resurrected and became a glorified body, a redeemed. And in the same way, we too share in the same home, hope of resurrection with Jesus Christ, who brings life to our mortal bodies. And so we are embodied creatures. Jesus didn't abandon his body in the grave. And I don't think we should abandon our bodies in worship either. In fact, Romans 12 says it like this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, everybody say bodies, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So we are called to worship God with not just our, our spirits and this like spiritual, mystical experience, not just our mind and this intellectual, cerebral experience, but we're called to take all of who we are, spirit, truth, mind, body, soul, and strength, and say, God, I love you, and all my worship belongs to you. Can I get a better amen? This is our calling as followers of Jesus. And so if you're having a hard time feeling worship, getting into it, let your body take the lead sometimes. Hey, I'm just going to discipline and choose to worship, and I know that the feelings will follow just like working out. Let me read an extended quote from Dr. Glenn Packiam. It's an excerpt from his blog that I found really helpful for explaining this uh, mind-emotion-physical connection. And uh, Glenn has actually spoken at Kalo's church before. He's a friend of ours. And so let me, let me read this. Neuroscience has taught us about something called proprioceptive feedback. When we physically act in accordance with an emotion, we encourage it. Seeing when you're happy and your joy will be multiplied. And when we act in contradiction with an emotion, we discourage it. When you're angry, take a deep breath, slow down, smile, and the anger dissipates. Fine, you might say. 
But that doesn't mean that we all confirm or contradict an emotion in the same way. Maybe singing makes your happiness greater, but it doesn't for me. Well, you'd be surprised. The gestures that correspond to emotion have surprisingly universal application. Sociologists tell us that we mark sadness by a slow walk with a downcast head and with halting speech in the lower registers of our voice. Anthropologists have studied facial expressions in various global contexts, including those of pre-literate tribes who had no prior interaction with the outside world, and discovered that surprise, sadness, and other emotions meant predictable configurations of the eyes, mouth, and jaw. When you take those two things together, how actions confirm or redirect emotions and how universally applicable many of those actions are, we may find in the Psalms, the scriptures we just read, practical wisdom for our worship. Clap because it awakens your soul to the reality that God reigns victorious. Sing because there is more to this life than what we can see. Shout because the pain is burning us inside or because the joy is breaking through. Lift your hands because you're empty, because you surrender, because God is on his throne in heaven. And even when you feel none of these things, you may do these things for the feelings may follow. Sometimes joy needs to be chastened by bowing the knee in confession. Sometimes sorrow needs to be shaken off by dancing in the protest of its power. Sometimes I don't feel like worshiping, but my feelings often follow my actions. Have you ever experienced that? And so we lift up our hands. And so we clap because he's worth it. And pretty soon all of creation, every tongue, tribe, and nation will confirm what the scripture is already declaring. And we just bring our bodies in alignment to God's word. Can I hear an amen? And so this is something I think that is really important to us. So sometimes I don't feel like worshiping, but I choose to anyways. Some of us are, are saying though, you know, I, I've wanted to worship, but, you know, my church, nobody else is doing it. And so I just, I just don't want to be a distraction. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. Have you ever felt that way? I, I, I just, I don't want to be obnoxious. Well, I, I believe that physical postures of worship are biblical. I believe they are helpful for shaping our feelings. But I also believe it, it, it's beautiful. And I, I, I've seen people worship, and sometimes your worship inspires me to worship. So point number three is this. I believe lifting our hands in united worship becomes a beautiful display, not a distraction of God's present love. I believe that we can become a display, not a distraction. When you go to a traditional American wedding, you have people sitting in chairs, just like these wedding chairs we have in this room, and everybody's seated and we're waiting for the bride to come. And then you hear that great bridal music. Bum, bum, ba-da, bum, bum, ba-da. And then usually the mother uh, sees the bride making the entrance, the mother of the bride, and so she stands up. And when she stands, that signals to the whole audience, the congregation, hey, you're all supposed to follow suit and stand up. So we all stand up and we look at the bride. And as the bride walks down the aisle, we're all following her. We're keeping our eyes on the bride and we're standing because she's so beautiful, because this moment's a moment of reverence, it's glorious, it's wonderful. But when I stand at a wedding, I'm not asking for all the attention to be on me. I'm, I'm standing in unity with the rest of the people because we want more attention to be on the bride. 
In the same way, our physical postures of worship, when united in the church, isn't a distraction from the bride, isn't a distraction from God. In fact, it brings more honor and reverence and attention to this glorious and spectacular moment. Are you tracking with me? And so I don't believe this is a distraction. I believe it's a display of God's beauty. So when we sing, oh, it inspires me. When we clap, oh, it moves me. When we lift up our hands, oh, it makes me want to revere God. even more. You become a signal and a signpost. There is someone beautiful in our midst. There's someone worthy of all of our attention. And my heart can't be helped but stirred to say, oh, King, I honor you. You have my full attention. I want to show you this video from a comic. He's known as kind of a crude comic, oftentimes anti-religion, anti-Christian, uses a lot of language, sexual language. And I I saw this Instagram post that kind of arrested me, caught my attention, because this comic who's known for being so crude went to church and had an encounter with the presence of God during the time of music as he saw people worshiping. And it kind of changed his mind for everything he believed. Now, I want to show you the power of worship and how it shaped this man's experience in life. Let's play that video. You got to hear what comedian Andrew Schultz said this week on his podcast about going to church is a good idea. I'll preach this Sunday. Within three minutes. Falling. Can we start I'm that in over? In this church. Just listen to the music. I'm three minutes in. You got to hear what comedian Andrew Schultz said this week on his podcast about going to church is a good idea. I went to church this Sunday. And it was beautiful. I'm crying within three minutes. Falling. I'm in this church. Just listen to the music. I'm three minutes in. And I'm like, oh, there's a reason this took over the world. Christianity is incredible. You see so much selfishness and for these people to sit in this room and then just give it up, it was beautiful. And that's why when you were like, do I want these Christian values? I'm like, I can talk to Love right. and that joy that makes him be a better person. He's being a better person because he feels God loves him. And when God fills you up, you- She ain't Andrew Schultz saying this, but it's even better Try than again. The good news that Jesus lived the life. <laughs> You got to hear what Should comedian up Andrew Schultz said this week on his podcast about going to church is a good idea. I went to church this Sunday and it was beautiful. I'm crying within three minutes, bawling. I'm in this church, just listening to the music. I'm three minutes in and I'm like, oh, there's a reason this took over the world. Christianity is incredible. You see so much selfishness and for these people to sit in this room and then just give it up. It was beautiful. And that's why when you were like, do I want these Christian values on my kids? I could talk to my kid about evolution. You know what I can't do is fill him up with that love right. and that joy that makes him be a better person. He's being a better person because he feels God loves him. And when God fills you up, you got a little extra to give around. And I, it was just beautiful, man. I appreciate Andrew Schultz saying this, but it's even better than that. The good news that Jesus lived the life we couldn't live and died to death we should have died in our place on the cross for our Amen. The best. Let's, let's abandon that. Something's gotta break. Something's gotta. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I, I just thought this was remarkable, though. There, there's this comic who's been anti-religion in a lot of circles, and he encounters the presence of God in corporate music and worship, and to the point he wants to bring his his kid to experience this love, this presence. And every week, almost, someone comes up to either Pastor Amritha or me and says. Man, I couldn't help but start crying during worship. It was like there was a presence in the room. I saw people lifting up their hearts to God, and it moved me. Have you felt that way? It's like, what, what's happening? I can't find this anywhere else. And I, I believe that when the people of God worship God, it, it becomes something glorious and majestic and beautiful. And I don't, I don't think it's a distraction. In fact, when, I, when you worship, you inspire me 
to worship. When you lift up your hands and go all out and you say, I can get even more undignified than this. I mean, I think it's, it's beautiful. And so I, I want us to shape a house of worship culture where we say, Lord, I want to worship you according to your scripture. The ways you describe and prescribe in the book of Psalms and other areas of the scripture about what worship looks like, I'm in. I want to worship you according to your word. Is that your heart this morning? Lord, I want to give you the worship you're seeking. I want to give you the worship that's acceptable. Is that your heart today? I, I believe it is. I believe that's why you showed up. And so if it is your heart, why don't we practice what I'm preaching right now? So let's stand up to our feet. And uh, I, I want to have us practice some of these nine postures of worship. And let me, let me get a preface. Uh, I'm going to have us actually do these things that we see in the scriptures. But I, I don't want you to feel like I'm forcing you or manipulating you or anything like that. So if you don't want to do this, uh, please feel no pressure. I realize that there are people from different backgrounds. Maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're just trying to get back into the swing of churches or you're, you're still skeptical of this message. I just want to say this is okay. And even if you're like physically unable to do these things, hey, no judgment here. And so if you see someone not doing these physical postures, let's not judge them because we don't know what's going on in their heart, mind, or body or their church experiences, amen? And so we're just, we're going to practice these things. And if you want to, if you're comfortable, if you're able, Let's follow along. So the band is going to be singing uh, this Make Room song, and the lyrics may or may not be on the screen, so Lord have mercy. And then I'm, I'm going to guide us in these postures. So first posture is we're standing right now, and now we're going to have the posture of singing. Let's sing, shall we? Lord, we worship you. All right, let's try bowing. Lord, we bow in reverence to you. All right, let's try kneeling if you're able and comfortable. Try kneeling and lifting hands. All right, we're going to go into the bridge now after this part. So let's stand up to our feet. Don't stand up too fast or you'll get a rush in your head. Let's try lifting up our hands all the way up. Lord, we lift up our hands as a sign of surrender and a sign of victory in Jesus. All right, now the beat is going to pick up and it's going to drive with the four on the floor and let's start clapping. Come on. There you go. This is biblical. All right. Now let's start singing this bridge. Let's sing it a couple times. We don't need words. Come on. All right, let's try clapping and jumping. Let's keep it going. Keep this part going. Keep it going. 
right. We're clapping, we're jumping. Now let's try clapping, jumping, and dancing. Let's give a shout of praise. Woo! Woo! So biblical. So biblical right now. Amen. Can you guys give yourselves a round of applause? That was beautiful. Well, I'm glad we could demonstrate that. And so thank you for going on that journey. And we want to worship God because he's worth it. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.